Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Zachary Levi, from Shazam and superheroes to finding self-love. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, first time guest on the pod today, Mr. Zachary Levi, Shazam himself, talking about the latest outing in the DCEU. That is, of course, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. This is a great chat. He's a thoughtful guy, very open and honest. You're going to dig it, trust me. Uh, more on Zach in just a second, but first, I want to give you guys some updates on some really cool live events we've got coming up. All right, guys, so March 22nd, just about, ooh, as I tape this, a couple days away, very soon. So March 22nd, get in on this New York City, come on out in person. Uh, there is a virtual option. It's me and Jody Comer. This is gonna be special at Symphony Space on the Upper West Side. Uh, we're gonna talk about everything. Killing Eve, The Last Duel, upcoming projects, the new Broadway debut. Uh, it's gonna be a fun night in New York City. Come on out, and we're so excited to say that we are offering now a virtual option. We weren't able to at first, but we made it work, guys. So no matter where you are on the planet, join us live for this special edition of Happy, Sad, Confused that uh, benefits my mom's wonderful nonprofit group, Harlem Is. Um, so yes, link in the show notes, you know what to do. Um, but come on out, guys. If you can be there in person, great. If not, join us virtually. It's gonna be fantastic. Then March 28th, another first-time guest, like Mr. Zachary Levi on the podcast, is Matthew Reese, the charming, the dashing, the talented Matthew Reese. He is currently being seen in the new season of Perry Mason, but we're gonna, again, dig into everything. You know I'm gonna talk about brothers and sisters and the Americans and his film work and his stage work, all of it. Uh, March 28th, that's at 92NY. Again, join us in person if you can. There are virtual tickets available for that as well. All the info in the show notes. Okay, so those are the two big live events and there's more to come, of course. Remember, you get the first access to all of these events on our Patreon, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. Okay, so that's enough of the exciting plugs, except to say, if you aren't subscribed already to the podcast, what are you doing? Get in on that, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, um, whatever your platform is, um, Spotify, where you can now watch the podcast as well. Remember, video versions are available on YouTube. You know what to do. Okay, so let's talk Zachary Levi. Um, so the movie is out there, guys. This isn't a big spoiler conversation, though. There is one part of this chat I wanna get this out, uh, uh, up and out in front. Uh, a little bit of it is a spoiler section. It's probably about two or three minutes of it, and there is a spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen Shazam, Fury of the Gods, just keep your ears peeled because there is a little spoiler moment um, roughly eh, halfway through the conversation. Um, but Zach's a, a really great conversation. He He's you know one of these guys like the nerd made good. The nerd turned into a superhero, and we love that kind of story. He loves video games and comic books and musicals, and he's just into all the all the fun stuff uh, growing up that we all were. And now he is a superhero in his own right. And the new movie is Shazam: Fury of the Gods, and these are fun movies. I mean, these look. Uh, I I know it's like not the cool. Um, movie to love because Shazam is more family friendly, but like, is it so wrong that superhero movies can be for the whole family and a little more lighthearted? I, for one, am happy that these films exist. I hope he gets to do more of them. Uh, plus, Period of the Gods features so many folks we love Rachel Zegler, Harold, Helen Mirren, and all the regulars from the first one. Um, check it out, it's in theaters now. And as I said, Zach is a very open, introspective conversation. Um, he wrote a memoir last year about his kind of mental breakdown that he had a few years back, right on the eve, actually, of getting the Shazam role. Um, and I think it's great that he talks so much about mental health and the troubles that he's had to deal with and, and how he's come out of it on the other side and how it, is still, it will always be a struggle, as it is for so many of us. So um, I think you're going to find some wisdom, some fun stories and a lot of nerding out in this conversation. We talk about his auditions way back when for Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy, his love of video games past, present, and future. Uh, he's a big Last of Us guys, uh, fan guys, just like all of us. So um, I think you're gonna relate to a lot of this conversation, as I did. 
And yeah, we got a chance to meet up in person. This was at the very end of his press tour. So as always, very appreciative to all the publicists, but also most especially Zach himself for finding time in the schedule to, to connect on you know a meaningful level, I think. Um, Okay, final plug. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy Sag Confused. Spread the good word. Follow me on all social medias, Joshua Horowitz. And come on out if you can, New York City. Two exciting events, March 22nd and 28th. All right, here it is. My conversation with Shazam himself, Mr. Zachary Levi. This is the first time you've been on the podcast, Zach. We've talked so many different times. Congratulations on the movie. Thanks for the time. Well, thanks for finally having me on your podcast. Look, I figured finally two movies in. You <laughs> two finally movies in. I it. finally earned it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So talk to me first. Uh, this is we're talking at the end of a, another crazy press tour. Yeah. Um, how do you keep sane during these press tours? Because like, look, I mean, it's not digging ditches. You're not in a coal mine, but true. Uh, you're all over the place. I see you on Instagram. You've been traveling the world on this. How do you maintain happiness and peace in the eye of the storm? Well, like you said, it, it, it is. It's not digging ditches. It's not fighting foreign wars. You know all these all these things. Um, I do. I do think it's it's important that we allow ourselves the grace to, uh, regardless of what life you live or vocation you're in. You, you, we should allow ourselves the grace to have our critiques, have our things that we wish could be better or different or whatever. And then I allow myself that. But then I have, you know, try to give myself context and perspective and say, yeah, and but also you're getting paid for this. I'm getting paid to fly around the world, you know, first class and staying in beautiful hotels and eating wonderful meals and meeting lovely people like yourself who are who like me want me to be there and want to ask me questions about who I am and the superhero I play. So, you know, it's not if you'd really just allow that to sink in and you yeah. go, this is my job, this is what I'm being paid for. Um, that helps to maintain, I think, for at least for me, uh, a, a humility, a gratitude, um, and therefore a better vantage point on what it all is. Because as you know, you know, um, <clears throat> junkets, um, press junkets, which you do a lot of while you're doing all this podcasts to me are kind of the best. I love podcasts. I love long form conversation because you can actually have a conversation. Oh yeah. Th this is um, the therapy for me. Honestly, I started this nine years ago because I had like yourself done junkets for ever and my brain, and your brain was over. Yeah. It was done. It you was like <laughs> five minutes to ask, you know, oftentimes questions that, you need to be kind of, you know, forgive me for saying, but banal or like kind of clicky enough to be like, you know, like on both tours now, the number one question, one of the number one questions is always like, so if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Now, listen, <clears throat> one could get very tired of, of hearing that question and answering that question. But <clears throat> what I try to do is just recognize that the person across from me is just trying to do a job. They're trying to do their job. And yes, maybe there could be more interesting questions that could be asked, but to the extent that I can just, okay, oh gosh darn, I have to reintroduce a little more enthusiasm or energy to just answer that kindly uh, and as authentically as possible. And you do that, sure, a bunch of different times, but it's still, it, it, it you know, it's, and also listen, I love human beings, so, and I'm a huge extrovert, shocker, so, it doesn't drain me. You know, all these things don't drain me like they might drain other people. I, I don't know what it's like to be a hardcore introvert and have to go through junkets. And you're like, you know, and also your sleep schedule's all messed up because you're flying to all these different places and your body clock's like, where are you right now? Um, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix <clears throat> doesn't have the same answer to what that question. He's not like, no. I'm feeding off the, your energy, Josh. No. I, I need <laughs> although, although he seems like an incredibly interesting person oh, who, course, yeah. if given... Uh, the right circumstances, you know, um, can I'm sure probably make it through these days too in a way that is maybe enjoyable for him. I think that's one of the biggest things. You just have to understand how do you need to look at it and how do you need to do it in order to get through it and enjoy it as best you can and help other people to enjoy it along the way. And, you know, you do that and it's a much easier, more enjoyable experience. I would also imagine, and we've had kind of aspects of this conversation before there's that second sight of like the journey that you've been on and the appreciation of where you're at and and you know this ain't your first rodeo you've been through it you've <laughs> had the ups you've had the downs yeah. and to be where you are to to not only have one shazam movie but two shazam movies that people are really responding to well you have to take like some real satisfaction because you know how many forks in the road there are and how 
it's it's sure it's talent, but a lot of it's luck and right place, right time. Oh yeah. And that has to never escape your brain. No, never. It never right? should. It should never feel I don't know. I don't think anybody really deserves this stuff. You know, like <laughs> like if you really think about like deserve but i mean does anybody does anybody deserve anything i don't you know that could, we can unpack that on a much larger <laughs> philosophical <laughs> conversation but but i think it's always particularly for somebody in my position it's like wow i dreamt about being this guy not just uh, a, a working successful actor which i've been able to somehow manifest in this 20 almost 25 years of doing this which is insane but um, but that I get to be a superhero that I always dreamed about being ever since I was a little kid. And then as an actor dreaming about, you know, getting one of these plum roles. And I think honestly, this is one of the most plum because I have way more fun than I think a lot of other superheroes might have because they are serious adults as they need to be. The world is constantly in peril. If you read any comic books or see the movies, the world is constantly in peril. So you have adult superheroes that must be very diligent about that. And I get to, you know, be this kind of, you know, goofball and it's just, it's so much fun. And so uh, none of that is lost on me. None of that is, um, ever taken for granted at all. I, I don't want to ever take it for granted. I don't ever want to feel like this is normal because this is not normal. There are so many people that dream of living the life that I get to live and I am going to respect and appreciate that for as long as I live. And, but, but the really, the, 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 one of the upswings of all that is when you do look at life like that, it's so much better. Life is better. Then you're not constantly in a place of feeling like you're being gypped or you're missing out on something or somebody's, you know, whatever it is. Like, I think that there's a huge, there's a real truth about energy and and uh and, and attraction and manifestation and all that stuff and if you're constantly in a negative place like i was not too long ago six years ago but you know when i was having this mental breakdown that i had i was not attracting the things that i wanted in my life i was not i was not becoming uh um capable of handling the responsibility of the things that i wanted to bring into my life and then going to therapy having this insane life-saving life-changing experience in therapy learning that I never loved myself which was like what the heck I had no idea about that I always assumed I loved myself nope didn't um how does and, that, can I unpack that? Yeah, let's go. So, like, that, yeah. so how does that revelation happen? Is that like literally an, an, and you obviously don't have to go as deep as, as you sure, want I'm, to but, I'm, I'm, yeah. but like is that with a therapist that literally says to you do you love yourself like have you ever thought about it like is it like and well, it, you know, listen, it, 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 I went I went to uh, worked with this organization uh, in Connecticut that basically, <laughs> I mean, I had a, a dozen different modalities of therapy. I mean, I had like a uh, a psychiatrist, psychotherapist and a dialectic behavioral therapist, art therapist, meditation therapist, <laughs> life coach, nutritionist, trainer at the gym four days a week, Pilates, yoga, like all of these things. I, I was in a bad place. Yeah, you I knew you not, were broken. You I was broken. I did not want to live anymore and I didn't know why. And, and there was so much that I needed to learn. And I didn't even learn all of it there. I've learned continuously since, you know, leaving that place. But some of the main, main work that I did there and the things that I learned, one of those big things was, yes, I did not love myself. And it took a lot of these different people in this three weeks of intensive therapy, asking me various questions along the way that all kind of lead you there, you know? And, but one of the biggest, certainly one of the biggest revelations I had, I was with, I think it was my dialectic behavioral therapist, DBT uh, as it's known in short, and she had asked me, by the way, a question that I have no doubt I had been asked before, but it never fully clicked. And that's another thing about therapy. You know, you could hear a thing or, or you know, a, a dozen times. A, a dozen, it, exactly. Well, yeah. And it won't click until it actually clicks. Yeah. <clears throat> but she said, you know, when you, when, you, um, when you screw up, when you, you know, do something wrong or fail or whatever, you know, how do you talk to yourself? And I was like, well, I, you know, I eviscerate myself. I'm like, you idiot, you you know, well, using much more colorful language than that, you effing idiot, you yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I don't even know what the rating on the bad cop. Yeah, whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> well, you fucking idiot. You know, well, you really fucked up, blah, blah. I mean, like really, really harsh yeah. ways that I talk to myself. And they go, okay, would you talk that way to anybody that you love in your life? I was like, no. I mean, not, 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 uh, not uh, aware. I wouldn't be aware of it. I wouldn't intentionally do that. Absolutely not. And they said, okay, so then why do you talk to yourself that way? And I, and and right in that it was like that math, and I was like, oh 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 God, oh my God, well I do, 
the if I, if the indication of how you see yourself is how you talk to yourself, and by the way, that is one of the largest indicators of how you see and feel about yourself is how you talk to yourself. If that's the case, then no, I did not love myself. I did not. I did not like myself even a lot of the time. You know, so that was a huge revelation. And then in the last six years, it's just been a lot of working on that, working on figuring out. Um, you know, how to balance my life, how to be a healthier version of me physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of that stuff. Um, and one of the big ways that you do that is you you take your thoughts captive. Every time I start to harsh on myself as as I did, I went, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. No, <laughs> this is exactly what you do. And I learned it from my parents who learned it from their parents who learned it from, you know, it's all this, this is inherited generational trauma. And so <clears throat> you can forgive all of it. You can accept all of it. It's all doable. You just have to recognize that everyone's doing their best. We just get bad programming along the way. It, it's so, uh, the challenge obviously among many is that in your, especially in your profession, it's so based on constant judgment and evaluation. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. it's hard to turn off that switch. I mean, you're, you know, as we talk, we're about to go into opening weekend and the, the numbers will be great or good or oh, not yeah. great or whatever. And then the reviews will be great or not good. Oh, yeah. and, and, and you're going to have to just navigate that again and probably turn off that part of your brain that wants to eviscerate yourself. Listen, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's already been tough. I, I, um, I, I, most actors can't watch themselves on screen. You, you, it's very difficult to divorce yourself from the experience you know you were having while shooting those scenes and what you were thinking and what you were feeling. And, you know, I don't know. And I'm constantly just critiquing myself physically, like, stand up straight, you buffoon. Like, my gosh, your posture is horrible. Like, all of the entire movie, I just can't help it. Um, and also looking at myself and my performance choices and being like, oh, man, like, you're such an idiot there. Da, 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 da. Like, it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult, but you know, listen, I, I did my best. I have to accept that. I, I know that I did my best and all the other stuff is out of your hands, but yeah, I mean, even like on, you know, on Twitter today, uh, scrolling through there's, there's people that have, you know, released some advanced reviews or, or just, you know, fans who have seen it. And there's this incredibly positive stuff out there. And then of course there's these other people, um, like the internet is full of, which is, you know, a very just negative to be negative people who, um, <clears throat> like there's a whole contingent of, of, um, comic book, uh, fans that it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that there's this one particular group of people that think I, well, they don't like me because I don't, I don't agree with them on other comic book movies and th you know who I'm talking about. And, and, but instead of there being a conversation, like they take so many of my words or things completely out of context. They, they and, and then they go stir up all the other, all the other, other people that on, that they know online and they all just want to attack and attack and attack and attack. And it's, it's really sad because I, I mean, this is just one example of so many examples of the amount of just venom and toxicity and and bullying that goes on cyber in this in these cyber dimensions and and people they really get off on it because it, if it's like it's like they feel very powerless i mean i i tr again so what i try to do is i just i try to empathize and go oh these people that are being so vicious online i can only i can only assume that they are very powerless people who need to feel the flex by being, you know, anonymously online tearing other people down and hoping and for the reactions. And then they feel bolstered in that. And it's just, it's, it's sad, but I know I can see through that filter. So I don't allow it, or I try not to allow it to creep in and make me start, you know, being negative with myself, you know. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's talk about therapy, guys. And I'm so happy I can even say that in 2023 because back in the day, it felt like you weren't allowed to talk openly about therapy. I've had it in the past. It's helped me in my personal and professional life and it's helped so many friends and family members too. Let's be real, guys. If you're thinking of starting therapy, there's no better day than today. And that's where better help comes into play. It's entirely online, guys. It's designed to be convenient, to be flexible, and suited to your schedule, to your very busy schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You deserve help, guys. It's okay to ask for help, and that's where BetterHelp comes into play. Discover your potential with BetterHelp today. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash hsc today to get 10% off 
your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash H-S-C. Well, guys, I don't know about you, but these cold winter nights make me appreciate all the more a product like Bowl and Branch. These sheets are keeping me warm and cozy all winter long with a set of their buttery soft sheets. They're made with 100% organic cotton threads that get softer with every wash. And they come in a variety of great colors. My wife and I love this product. The sheets feel great. They look great. They make great gifts. It just checks all the boxes. Plus, these sheets are designed to feel incredible for every kind of sleeper. And they're made without toxins. They're free from pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. And these sheets fit the deepest of mattresses and labeled with top and bottom tags. So making your bed is easier than ever. They come in 10 versatile colors and all sizes from twin up to California King. And best of all, Bowl and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee, guys, with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. What more do I have to say? How important is sleep to you and your loved ones? It's everything to me. That's what Bowl and Branch can mean to you. So make the most of bedtime with Bowl and Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code HSC at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowl and Branch. B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H dot com, promo code HSC. How would you handle, okay, so prior to kind of like this kind of change in philosophy and change in life, um, and which coincidentally or not coincided with Shazam. Uh, oh, yeah, very much. Um, so how had you handled it? Again, this has come up before even in our conversations. Like, you were very close to getting Peter Quill. You almost got Star Wars. Uh, pretty close. You, yeah. were, you, were, uh, you were in the running. Yeah. Um, you were you auditioned for Captain America. So like when those like come and they feel close and you're like, oh, my God, the next 10 years of my life, I'm going to be a Guardian of the Galaxy with James Gunn. We're going to kill it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's... Well, at those points in my life, I didn't know it at the time, but I was a very unhealed, broken person. You know, I felt like I was more whole. But so, in fact, it's really crazy to think about that I was somehow able to manage surviving through so much of my, you know, eighteen to to thirty seven when I had my breakdown. I mean, I, I, you know, for all that time, I was I was white knuckling it through, and all the all the the rejection. As an actor, you know, you're, it's not like you're going and selling vacuums and people reject the vacuum. They're they're rejecting you on some yes. level, which is <laughs> I don't like very, your face. Yeah, I don't like your face. <laughs> literally, literally. I mean, you know, or not. And, and 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 even though they 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 it might not have anything to do with the value of it, but rather they're looking for just a different, different type face. of face. But it's very difficult to not feel like they hate me of or whatever, you know. Yes. But somehow I, I was able to really navigate almost all that and never. It never really truly dragged me down. Maybe it's just because I felt so supremely confident in my calling to be an actor. And I always felt like, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I was meant to do it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, listen, you know, certainly as I got older, be, be, just because like it, you know, like mental health is like dental health. Like it starts as a little cavity, but if you don't get in there and fix it, it becomes much worse in time. So when I was younger, actually, my mental health, though my thing, things were askew and off, it hadn't really, really rotted as much yet, you know? And by the time I, then I was 37, it had gotten to the point where I needed a full-blown root canal, you know, mental root canal. Um, so, you know, Captain America, I mean, that was quite some time ago. And there were other things that were kind of even before that. I, I can't remember exactly, but I remember, I remember going in for Captain America and I was thinking, well, you know, I look like Roger's pre-serum. <laughs> like, I got that part nailed. Like, <laughs> the, clearly they could help me work out and I could get big and I, right. you know, um, but wasn't meant to be. I wasn't, I did not have that energy. Chris Evans had that energy. Um, did you get the costume on? Was that one of no, those? No, no, I didn't no. make it that okay. far. No, no, no. I, I know I had a great read. I just wasn't their guy, you know? Um, and then as far as, you know, Star-Lord, listen, I mean, I th th it was kind of a crazy sequence because I, I was cast as Fandral the Dashing in the original Thor film Kenneth Branagh directed. 
was amped to i was like oh my god i didn't get captain america whatever dude i get to be errol <laughs> flynn i get you know this swashbuckling uh lothario like come on what a fun role directed by kenneth Branagh with an english accent like he even liked my english accent enough to hire me the american to do it i was like this is tits this is great let's go <laughs> um and uh and then but chuck you know which was also a massive blessing in my life but had these moments that were heartbreaking where they like last second they picked us up for like an additional six episodes and they said you can't go do that movie and i was crestfallen i was so bummed uh and i had to you know and that and that role went and josh dallas ultimately played that role so well and he was in the first film and <clears throat> but then that uh circled back with the second one with with, with um basically the same thing happens the to dark him. world and then <laughs> he's on once upon a time he can't do it Feige's like, hey, would you know, would Zach want to take this role again? And to be honest, look, and I and I I insisted on talking to, to Kevin about it because I for for two reasons. One, I saw the first movie and I didn't really feel like the Warriors three were utilized in that great of a way. And I, and I was like, is that going to be the case again? Because if it is, I don't really want to do that, you know. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's there's going to be a you know huge part of this movie. Not so much uh, <laughs> as it turned out. And um and but the other thing I was like, hey, listen. I also don't want this to preclude me from being able to be another character. You know, like if this is the only chip I get to play, then, you know, thanks, but I would rather wait for, for something else. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, Chris, Chris was, uh, you know, Johnny Storm and then he got to be um, Captain America. Also, Ray Stevenson was Punisher before he was Volstagg. I mean, there were a few, you know, kind of... Technically, though, these were not... These were kind of Marvel tangential films, so... It, this was prime Marvel, like within Marvel, your, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it like they, he was kind of you know saying it could it could happen, but also I was like whatever. Anyway, point is, uh, ultimately you know it seemed like it would all be fine. So I did the film. The Warriors three weren't really used all as much as I hoped they were going to be used, um, but I appreciated the job, and and to his credit. Right after that, Guardians was kicking on. And so they were like, hey, and James, I knew James through friends and mafia game nights and stuff like that. And um, and he wanted me to come in and read for it. And I did. And he was like, okay, let's do a callback. And I did that. And he's like, okay, we're going to screen test you. You know, you 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 might very, very well be the guy. Um, and it ultimately didn't work out. Uh, and that, that one hurt because it, it really felt like, I don't know the way that we that we get into our own heads of like oh this is I think this is it right and then this our expectations yeah, yeah, yeah. get so high and really so much of our disappointment if maybe not all of the disappointment we feel in this life is just unmet expectations so right. don't have expectations <laughs> do, do, <laughs> the moral of the story don't have expectations do you watch the movies lower then? your expectations did it take you a while to like could you watch because like Pratt's obviously great uh, in that but I no could listen that look, Chris is so good in that role. And no, I saw it. Uh, in fact, I think I was at the premiere. I think I went to the premiere. <laughs> like, let's just I do this. Get I wasn't out. gonna. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna. You know, be salty about it or whatever. I mean, I again, it's like, if anything, I wasn't angry with anybody else. I was angry with me. I was like, you could have done better. You screwed it up. You did this instead of that. Whatever it was, as opposed to just recognizing that it just wasn't mine. And you know, then going through all this therapy, and then like you were saying, on the heels of that. I'm still basically finishing my therapy and I get this audition after I'd already passed on the audition for Shazam two months prior. Like I'm never going to get that job again. I was in a place where I wasn't loving myself or believing in myself, but, uh, so passed on it two months later, I'm finishing up therapy. Here comes this other audition for a supporting role, which turned out to be super Freddie Adam Brody's role, which is also so crazy that he and I are this Josh Schwartz kind of ciphers in the whole Josh Schwartz, uh, you know, uh, universe, the Josh Schwartz multiverse, the multiverse. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, unbeknownst to me, I was auditioning for that role. They, it was all very lock, you know, under lock and key. And they see that they're like, Oh, actually that's great, but you could be Shazam. And then, and then a week later, I'm Shazam and I really I owe all of that I fully believe well at least a large part of it to going and doing that work because I I really believe I mean aside from the fact that these roles were meant for Chris Evans and for Chris Pratt and all the Chris's all the Chris's and all the Ryan's they get <laughs> they have all the jobs I don't know uh, actually Zach's are doing pretty good in Hollywood too let's be honest but but you know aside from the fact that that these were their journeys and these were meant to be theirs or whatever I wasn't ready for those clearly I hadn't done enough work on me to be able to handle whatever the responsibility would come that with such a 
a film and a franchise and a you know I needed to I needed to be in a better place and I got and I and I just started getting to that place and the universe God said boom cool I'm responding to that like I see your intention I see the work and I know that you're sticking to it and you're dedicating to this and you're going to be ready to handle all of these things well done finally you 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 know you 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 realize that so yeah it's all very it's all kismet to me and 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 synchronistic and um and so therefore you're able to in the moment it was harder but it, certainly now i can't think of another superhero i would rather play and i know that sounds biased and assuredly assur assuredly i can't remove all of my bias but come on i am literally paid to be a teenager superhero in my body like i get to be a kid again who gets paid to be a kid again only actors and only rarely because there's not that many roles that that are these things you know so okay so take me to the set of the first shazam because it, it, that's a film that just radiates with joy and warmth as the, as the, as this does the second one as well and again I, i'm sure there was gratitude and happiness i mean it strikes me like you had been look you'd been number one on the call sheet before obviously for yeah. many years for for chuck and other things yeah but you're in this much different place this much different context this very elevated circumstance Yet, I don't feel any tension emanating from that film. I feel like love and happiness and joy. And that starts with you and with David on set, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, like any uh, collective organism, it all, it's top down, you know. Uh, I wish more businesses, I wish more industries uh, understood this and, and, and really led with that and under, you know, understood the responsibility that comes with being a leader. And, and by the way, but also the privilege, the opportunity that you get to go and protect and foster and care for the people that you are, you have, whether you like it or not, you were elevated above as the number one on a call sheet you have certain push and pull and clout that other people don't. And it, you have to recognize that. That's part of your job and responsibility, I believe. And um, <clears throat> so to that effect, and because I just love people so much, uh, I mean, it's part of why I love being an actor so much. I get to go work with hundreds, like not everybody just gets to go work with a couple hundred people all milling about every day, you know, like you might, but you might all be in a cubicle separated from each other. Like we're just this whole, you know, little circus, this whole little three ring circus that that puts up tents and takes down tents and depending on the location and where you're going. And it's just, this is so much fun. And, uh, and because this, the heart of this film or the franchise, the first film and this sequel is so much about the fun of it is the enjoyment of it is the wish fulfillment of it. It's the family and the, 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 the humor and the heart and the charm and the adventure and the spookiness that's even in there that, you know, very reminiscent of Amblin Lucasfilm kind of tone, um, that should be infused with as much enjoyment as possible. And because I love fun so much, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll bring a speaker to work and we'll play music all day long or we'll joke, we'll, we'll have fun. I try to gather people when we're not working and have barbecues and pool parties and things that build relationship, build community, because that's all stuff that only lends itself to the, you know, the finished product and making it a better thing. Um, and, and, you know, happy bees make tasty honey. That, that, that's, that's, that's what it is. So I just want to, I just want to foster the happiest hive. You've, and, and you've added to the hive with some amazing cast members this time around. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be, that's gotta be a good phone call to get when you're like, by the way, uh, Helen Mirren is oh, in. Oh, bro. I was so stoked <laughs> when I found out that, that Dame Helen Mirren was going to come and be Hespera and that Lucy Liu, who I've had a crush on for forever, uh, and who's so badass, was going to be Calypso. And then Rachel Zegler, who I didn't know, but immediately came to know, and now the world is coming to know what a sh sh bright and shining shooting star she is, who just you know graced us with her second stop up this this insane ladder uh she's like yeah, i'll come and play in your shazam sandbox before i go be snow white and uh you know and the, the new lead of hunger games and all the things so what delightful um additions to the shazamly this trifecta of female awesomeness and they were all so just down so game just roll up their sleeves and come have fun with us um, and just brought it. They're all just so, they're all, they're so different and so great in all of their uh, respective roles. Today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone 
or computer. Are you guys like me? Do you feel kind of a buzz when you find a deal? Do you feel smart? Do you feel lucky? What about when you're surprised by a deal? Does it feel like you're getting a treat for free? Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes it's a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Okay, how does it work? Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll find the prices drop. I know from experience, guys, I've just gone through this Valentine's Day, my niece's birthday. I had to get gadgets and clothing and gifts, and Honey was there for me. And Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone, too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out, guys. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting happy, sad, confused. So get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com HSC. That's joinhoney.com HSC. So I feel like I can say this because I've seen this in commercials, and I'll, I'll put a spoiler alert in this part, but that we finally do see you mix it up with another major DC character. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you got yeah. so excited you tried to it. Don't say anything. It's in the commercial. I didn't make the commercials. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, yeah, it, it is in commercials now, which I'm a little torn about. But, uh, yeah, it's – bro, it's so cool. That was such a cool thing to shoot. And even, like, the whole kind of mislead earlier on in the yes, film, that's which smart. is so much fun. Again, spoiler alert, if you haven't if yeah. seen it, don't listen to the next two yeah, minutes yeah, or yeah. so. But yeah. – um, yeah, you had the misdirect with like the cutoff head as yes. the Superman yes, bit was in the yes, first one. Yes, like, okay, yes. we don't get Gal. Yeah. So was Gal in that scene too? Was she in the scene where no, you no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, Gal, Gal shot all of her stuff remotely. She was working on a film, I think, in Europe. I can't remember where she okay. was, but um, we shot with a body double on both the restaurant scene and then that last scene, oh. and then we were able to comp it all in and the yeah, magic movie magic, movies. baby, <laughs> movie magic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you've you've probably have like a split mind on this because like from the beginning, there's been this excitement about Shazam finally coming to the screen and then like the greedy comic book fans like myself are always like yeah but are you gonna are you gonna fight black adam are you gonna fight superman or where's wonder it's like can we just tell our own story like i mean (laughs) yeah it is listen i mean i as a comic book reader and lover since i was a kid um like i get it i i I, you want to see them so does david so does henry so does chris so does peter like everybody Everybody understand. I mean, I, I want to do all the fun crossovers and all the fun team ups, and I mean, it'd be amazing. Um, but I don't think people realize just how difficult all that actually is. Like, it's not. You would think one would even hope that things, you know, are so easy that you can just make it happen. That this actor and that actor and this other actor all have a schedule that works perfectly that you can go make these things or do these things or that even people have the interest or the, um, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, there are a thousand variables. There's so (laughs) many nuanced things about, about it. And yeah, you hope that people can just appreciate what it is that you're doing for what it is worth and not always be bummed because it's not that it's like, well, I don't know what to tell you, you know? So we've mentioned James Gunn a couple of times. I mean, you go way back with James. It must be surreal to like now see him at the top with Peter of this DC. Yeah. Year. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know that I would call it surreal to me. Uh, I mean, I think it's, I mean, look, like I was saying, none of this is normal. Everything's yeah. surreal, yeah. I guess. But, um, but it also, to me kind of makes perfect sense. I mean, when I found out, when I, you know, heard the news, um, I, I wasn't like, oh my God. I was like, oh. Right. No, you're right. Of course. I, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Like, I, that, that kind guy's of a, got the resume. Kind of he should... I mean, listen, <clears throat> James, I think, has shown multiple times now that he's able to take a franchise and the world of that franchise and really build it out in a fantastic way. Um, specific, I mean, he's done it more than just these two examples, but specifically with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad. I, I, uh, you know, not to knock airs uh, and and the original or anything like that, but I I thought 
this, his, James's, was a superior version of, of that film. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and again, and that is a difficult thing to do. By the way, it's almost double difficult because now, you know, David Ayers had his hands full in the first one because, again, it's a niche. It wasn't this big thing, IP, that everybody knew, right? So how do you do that? And then so, so Ayers had already, you know, that he was tasked with that. Then James had to be tasked with doing that while also being held to some standard that was already set before him and still, I think, made a really fantastic film with great balance of all the action and the drama and the comedy and whatever and he did the same thing with guardians took this niche ip very few people had ever heard of and made it so mainstream that now you know all because there's a lot of people that are coming to the marvel universe for the first time with these movies right yeah like you know <laughs> not me of course <laughs> but but you know a lot of people are learning about iron man around the same time they're learning about peter quill right and they're just as equal to them which is really a testament because they weren't and haven't been in the comics for many, 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 many years. And, yeah. you know, Guardians has a freaking ride at Disneyland, for God's sake. It, I mean, that's how well James did and built that universe. So for somebody like him to step into a visionary uh, seat at DC, and by the way, I think smart to allow him to focus on the creative vision part while then Peter, who is his longtime manager, business partner, all of these things, and, you know, diplomat, and businessman allow him to focus on that stuff and then see if we can't go build something that's cool and i i i, I look at all that and i go yeah yeah i get that and let's let's go run with that and you know and hopefully they've got more plans for me i don't know <laughs> we'll see so okay we, we've we've dived deep on the superhero part of you but that's just like one aspect of you i mean you are this kind of like and i think back when you were a kid probably it was even more unusual now you're allowed i feel like to like as a kid to like love everything yeah you can love broadway theater and acting and oh, music sure. and and nerd culture when we were kids i don't know it felt like you were gonna you were be nerd. you were yeah. that was not mainstream none of that was mainstream i mean broadway i would say that i would say ironically that uh Maybe not ironically, but you know, nerd culture, meaning video games, comic books, uh, and the like, that was very taboo to cool, right? It was it was the the opposite of cool, and then with you know the advent of all of really you know kind of like Downey's Iron Man forward, all of that culture has become mainstream pop culture. And 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 and, and I, it's really a bummer, actually, that there are still like some like OG nerds that hate that. They're like, "Well, we were here first. Right. It's like, don't you want all the people? Don't you want more people to love what to you, love what you love as opposed to still thinking exactly. you're a nerd for like like come yeah. on like yeah. like take the win, you know? Yeah. And yes, it's, but but it's also a pride thing. Like we thought it was cool first. Right. It's like you know that you not everybody. It doesn't matter. You know that you know that you were here first. We all know it together. So. So, but it's really cool, I think, and interesting that that has definitely become cool. Broadway and theater, let's say, I still think has a little bit of a more of a nerd kind of you know lens on it um, because it's a thing that in school is still like in middle school if you're in the band or you're you're in a, a, you're an actor or you're you're in the arts that's not as cool as sports and that's still kind of a balance that we're working out but i will say you know things like hamilton certainly all of a sudden it's like oh that's cool like that really brought that whole you know uh <clears throat> more modern culture even rap and all that you know you kind of put that in and now there's a touchstone now people can be like oh i actually can like that that can be cool so yeah it's all things are shifting and i love that they are because i i to me i was it was always so strange to me i guess being the actor the nerdy actor kid <laughs> i was always like why can't this be just as interesting? But it's we have all these weird, stupid, social... I mean, cliques in general. Middle school. It starts in middle school. Kids are total assholes because they're all trying to be like their older kid, the older kids who are in high school who are all trying to be like kids in college who are all trying to be like, uh, you know, working adults. And it becomes this whole like who's cool and who's not and the have-nots and, and all this stuff. And we got to do away with all that, you know? It's just stupid. So... On the resume, you look obviously you've sung a bunch, but animation primarily. I don't know if you've ever done the big live action 
film music. No, not yet, but I want to. Yeah, where is the, the cats? The where, Mama Mia where is it? Where Mama is Mia 3. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. Want some. Um, is there one on the list that hasn't been made yet or need, that needs a. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it would be fun to do something original. Yeah. Um, I, there are some incredible classic. I know they've been trying to make guys and dolls for a long time. Been talking about this for a decade. Yeah, I know, but I don't. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> um, close a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, from a from a film opening box office or you know whatever standpoint, the track record still isn't great for movie musicals. So I understand why studios are a little hesitant. Like you know, everyone thinks they have a good idea and then they make the thing. And even when it's great, you know, like Spielberg, West Side Story, all that stuff, it's like, but if the appetite's not there or it, they just miss the mark in what people are looking for or marketed it or whatever, you know, into the in the heights, like that I thought was a really delightful film, but it didn't do as well as they hoped. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to all that is, but I love music. I love singing. I love acting. I would love to put all that together into a movie. I just haven't found it yet. Have you, do you still dive down the video game rabbit hole? Like, what's the most hours you've lost to a video game recently? Uh, or a lifetime? What's the one? Li lifetime li lifetime? Yeah, well, lifetime, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say, even though I didn't, like, it was at a time when you couldn't really log those hours, I would say the amount of time I played Goldeneye on N64 with my friends was like unhealthy Warming, like yeah. well i guess it's all really been unhealthy but it's i mean so much i literally i, I mean talk about a nerd although i was kind of like in, in in retrospect at least by the time i got to my senior year i was kind of a cool nerd if that makes any sense and that i was still accepted by some of the cool kids or whatever like i had a lot of friends but like i was a kid i swear to god i had a little red duffel bag and i brought my nintendo 64 with four controllers four rumble packs and like four different games and mario kart and gold and i were two of them and i would bring them two parties Sure. I would bring it all to parties, and I'm, we would I'm play or we would not play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Mario Kart, Goldeneye, lots and lots of hours. Um, Halo, the original, so many hours. Uh, um, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2, the original, so many. Uh, but lots of the war, all those. So, is a prerequisite for anybody in your life, loved ones? This is me. Take it or leave it. Uh, you might lose me for 100 hours uh, well yeah well yes yes and no like honestly <laughs> i've gotten a lot better at okay. it because they're like unfortunately I, I would get to the end of so many of these games or i get you know and i and you have this moment of elation because you've completed it you've completed <laughs> and i'm a completionist by the way like I, I need every side mission i need to find every little secret like i want to get there 100 percent, right. baby and you get there and you're like yeah and then you, and then you stand there and you go <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> Nobody cares. This means nothing. I could have learned a foreign language in the amount of time that I spent crusading through these worlds. Um, but they're still fun. And I do feel creatively stimulated by them. And I, I think that it helps me in my storytelling and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. The, the last, last game I spent lots of time playing was Hades. Um, I don't know if you played Hades. It's this um, rogue, I think they're called rogue type Um Basically, you're this um, character, Zagreus. It's all Greek mythology. You're like Hades' son, ha who's like half god, half human, and you're trying to escape hell uh, where you live. And you have to go through all these chambers and battle through it. And if you die, you just keep going back to the beginning. But you keep leveling up. You keep getting more powerful every run. So eventually you get out, and then you can start putting all these modifiers on it to make it more difficult, and you open up all these other weapons and stuff. And oh my God, I played so much. So much. I played... <laughs> Did like, you complete it, though? Did you finish it? Oh, I, well, I completed a lot of it, but like I didn't even do all of the okay. modifiers because I was like, I... This is a sickness. I am addicted to it was, this it was game. Hell. <laughs> it was not. It really was. It's a metaphor for life. It really <laughs> was. So, but it's such a great game, and the, and the new one's coming out soon, and I have no doubt I will be so sucked into that. So thanks, Hades. <laughs> Playing a nickel for every time. <laughs> Where are we at on The Last of Us? Are you a Last of Us fan of the game? Well, and huge the Last of Us fan. Um, I think the I said this, you know, I, I tweeted this out to Neil Druckmann when the first game came out and I played it uh it's one of the best pieces of entertainment content on any size screen of any really medium of entertainment in the last 20 years as far as I'm concerned that first one and the second one was even 
better, which is unheard of. It's unheard of. So what Neil and the gang at Last of Us have done, I mean, I was, uh, Pedro Pascal, I have a lot of love for. I was gutted that I didn't, I wanted to play that role so bad. I wanted to play Nathan Drake in Uncharted first. I hit a naughty dog when I played Uncharted back in the day. I was like, oh, who's got the rights to this movie? And they're like, already sold. I was like, ah. <laughs> Um, but did, did but get, they make they make great games. There? Did you get an audition? No, I don't. Ah. I don't That's fine. Whatever it is, what it is. I'll we'll go do something else. But anyway, <laughs> suffice to say, I loved the video games so much, and I love that they made a series. And I I'm only three episodes in, I think, to the series because I've been doing the tour, and we have you know I haven't really had a lot of time to watch anything. But uh, I love it. I love that so much of it is so akin to the actual, the way the video game, particularly that first episode, and they're trying to get out of Austin. And like, I mean, there was like literally some of the same shots. And I was like, yes, I love this. So it's great. I'm so stoked for them. <clears throat> okay, so looking forward, you're going to take a, hopefully a, a little breather after this press tour. I mean, I guess you could call it that. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's other work to be done and other projects. And I mean, I'll, I'll go home. I'll do some personal stuff. I'll go see friends and family. I'll I'll go home. I have to uh, keep preparing for this new role that I'm doing a, a film called Not Without Hope with Joe Carnahan, which is about it's a true story about these four uh, football player, you know, kind of best friends back in like the mid 2000s who went on this very ill-fated uh fishing trip i know you might remember this and they, they went off fishing off the coast of florida the boat capsized and three of the four did not make it and it's a really harrowing tale um but i think one that i'm very proud to be a part of telling to honor those men who lost their lives and i don't know i mean stories like this I think it's important that we, it's like, you know, it's like um, the perfect storm. Yeah. Like, you know, you go into it and you know all those men are going to die. You know what the end of the movie is. But you you go with them because you want to connect with them and in a way remember them and be reminded of the fragility of life, you know. So anyway, so, you know, going to do that and that and then we go shoot that for a while and and then I, I shot this movie, Harold and the Purple Crayon, which comes out uh, in June, and then I'll go promote that. And we'll probably talk then. I don't know. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And you have to escape uh, Hades one more time. And I got to escape Hades at least once more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, it's always a pleasure, man. Congratulations. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I feel like I have you to raise get my the fist. fist in there. You got to do it. Fury of the Gods. <laughs> That's so furious. He loves spandex and saying his own name. <laughs> the one and only. Exactly Thank you for having me. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>